0: Welcome to the Legal Toolkit, where you'll get the latest trends and legal business initiatives that help you manage your law firm every day. Hear from the experts setting the standards for legal, insurance, compliance, and tools of the profession. You're listening to the Legal Talk Network. Here's the host of the Legal Toolkit,
1: Jared Correa. Welcome to another episode of the Legal Toolkit here on Legal Talk Network. Thanks for listening. As our friend Gary Tangway says, I'm your host, Jared Correa, and in addition to being the captain of this here chugging tugboat towing great law practice tips, I'm also the law practice advisor with Massachusetts LOMAP. LOMAP provides free and confidential law practice management consulting services to Massachusetts attorneys. For more information on LOMAP's offerings, visit our website at masslomap.org or like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash masslomap. Before we begin, I'd like to take some time to thank our sponsors, Clio, for web-based practice management. Find out more at goclio.com. And Carbonite Business, online backup for your law office. Carbonite Business backs up your files automatically and continually, so you're always protected. Try it free at carbonite.com and get two free months with the offer code TOOLKIT. On the Legal Toolkit, we provide you each month with a new tool to add to your own Legal Toolkit, so your practices will become more and more like best practices. And today on the Legal Toolkit is no different, of course, as we'll take a look at marketing your practice through CLE. My guest today is Tim Barron, principal of Barron CLE and community manager at Rocket Matter. After 10 years as the director of library and continuing legal education services at the New York law firm of Anderson, Kill & Olek, Tim left in 2008 to start Barron CLE, an accreditation service and resource venture. Prior to his law firm days, Tim worked in library and legal research positions for five years at the Third Circuit Court of Appeals and for two years at the Cardozo School of Law. He joined Rocket Matter in June 2011 and migrated Barron CLE to a referral and collaboration venture. Tim is also a regular contributor to the Lawyerist blog. Welcome to the Legal Toolkit, Tim.
2: Thank you, Jared. It's a great pleasure to be doing this with
0: you.
1: It's awesome to have you on. Um, so now time to dispense with the pleasantries. We've got to get to podcasting here, after all. That's what we're all here for. Um, so, Tim, you know quite a bit about the world of CLE and CLE accreditation. In fact, you've established a company based on that knowledge. So before we get too far, uh, why don't we just set the groundwork here? What are the basics that lawyers need to know about CLE, and uh, what are the, some of the major differences between the states with respect to process and accreditation?
2: Well, I tell you, the the basics that lawyers need to know, of course, at first is that it's mandatory, and what they don't like. Um, Forty-five <laughs> states now have a mandatory requirement, and each state, it, it, it's, it's ruled by state. There is no national body. Each state have a, has a, a different set of rules. And regulations that govern uh, the lawyers' uh, compliance uh, requirement varies in terms of in, in terms of the number of credits that they have to earn from state to state, but it averages out to about uh, twelve to fifteen per year. Um, and you know, lawyers can earn it in a variety of ways, uh, either by going to live events um, online, and of course, we'll discuss here a little bit about um, how they can earn it by teaching.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Excellent. Um so you know, most lawyers are compelled to get CLE credits, uh, and some feel compelled to do so on their own uh, to reach a number of credits, like you talked about. Um, as you said, in addition to getting credit by attending those CLE programs, they can also get credit for appearing as faculty on CLE programs, which seems far more advantageous to me. Um, so, what are the, some of the other advantages of presenting over attending that you see?
2: Well, well, I tell you, you're—I mean—you're absolutely right about being fe- about uh, lawyers feeling compelled. <laughs> um, and, and you know, we we t- we touched on on the ma- the mandatory element, and there's still some debate about that um, about if it's necessary or not. But you know what, it's here. 45 states have it, and they and they're they're going to have to comply. So they look for ways to do that. And I tell you, by by presenting, if we look at the, just in terms of earning cre- the number of credits quickly, mm-hmm. presenting provides a golden opportunity for for lawyers to do that. Uh, and it ranges from state to state. Uh, some states will give a lawyer uh up to eight credits for every hour that they present. So let's mm-hmm. say you put on yeah, let's wow. say you put on a three hour course and um and you, you can get up to eight credits um it's twenty four credits. And you know, if you have uh you're in a jurisdiction like New York, let's say, that um that says you need to earn uh twenty four credits per year, then all of a sudden you know, one course and you satisfy that. Now that, 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 uh, rec- that, uh, opportunity to earn eight credits for every, um, credit hour does not exist in New York, but it does exist <laughs> in a few states. The average, I would say, is about, is like two to three credits for every hour that you present, which is still pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So, and, that, and that's in terms of the number of credits, right? Um, yeah. now, but presenting, I mean, provides a whole bunch of other, um, uh, uh, adv- advantages for you. I mean, you, know, you get to go up there, hone your... You know, people say that, I, I've heard providers, uh, um, presenters say that they've been, just by presenting at CLE and becoming a faculty member of or on a panel um, has h- helped them hone their own skills as t- for when they go to court. Um, mm-hmm. They get to go in front of a, um, an audience, prepare. Um, it's also an excellent way to get referrals and, and as discussed. I mean if you're gonna go if you're gonna present um even at a fee based uh uh C L E, you know, you're obviously not gonna pay. So it's a it's an opportunity not only to get a, a, a bunch of credits, but to get a bunch of credits for free. So there there, there are quite a few advantages in that thing.
1: Yeah, I mean it sounds tremendous. So you get to hone your skills, you get to market yourself and improve your acumen and you're essentially double doubling down on, on credits that you can get. Absolutely um, so lawyers sound like uh, lawyers would want to do this, um, of course you 're just not going to get asked to come and present out of the blue uh, so let 's talk a little <laughs> bit about laying the groundwork so generally speaking, uh why do and how should lawyers promote their expertise and their practice areas to get asked to speak at these programs?
2: Well, you know, I tell you since I guess we could talk about lawyers when we talk about lawyers marketing i mean we're we 're sort of focusing on the Let's say a lawyer that went out and ha- and 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 put out a shingle, or mm-hmm. maybe a small you know a small firm lawyer uh, with four or five up to ten attorneys, and they want to market themselves. Um, so I guess we, let's let's sort of um, hone in on that, and um, and for that for those lawyers and even for big firm lawyers, I would say start with a blog. I mean I'm a huge believer in blogging. Jared, you blog, I blog. Um, yes <laughs> and 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 so does blogging do blogging not only it is it a you know you know what blogging is blogging is therapy it allows, it allows you to write <laughs> but beyond therapy it, it, it's it's a process that that allows you to establish yourself as an expert let me tell you I, uh, when I went out and I started the CLE business I you know I had no marketing plan in action except to blog I knew that I needed to create a website, but of course I didn't know what to create because I was just starting, and I'm not—I sh- was sure what the message I wanted to get out. But I knew I to talk about CLE, um, so I just—I hobbled I together a blogger blog um, mm-hmm. and learned just you know, little smissions of coding, um, and then I eventually discovered WordPress blog, and I've become a WordPress um, believer since then. And and I and I tell you, I just about every day I got. An email from my blog, um, inquiring about CLE, uh, accreditation services. So I would say in, for the first couple of years, 90% of my, um, uh, of, of, of the business I got was, were a direct result of my blog. And the thing wow. with blog, and the, yeah, it was, it was, I, I was, I was astonished. Hmm. Um, and the thing with blogging is, is, as opposed to a static website, blogging allows you to, you know, the, all of the search engines, Google, Yahoo, all of them, they like, Fresh content. So blog- blogging allows you to be, you know, if you blog about something around CLE, about accreditation. Even if you're like, um, even if you're going on a rant about something you don't like, other people relate to that. And then the search engines pick them up. They search for it. They find you. They go to your about page uh, or your services page and they're like, wow, um, uh, yeah, let, let, let me, let's start a relationship here. So I say blogging. um,
1: Absolutely, Definitely. that sounds great. So now that we're on the topic, uh, let's talk about some other uh, pretty much non-traditional methods for uh, uh, displaying your acumen expertise, getting asked to talk at places. Uh, you and I met through Twitter. Um, what other social media tools can lawyers use to sort of develop their reputations to the point where they're going to be asked to come and speak?
2: Uh, you know, I, I tell—no, what was the question about So non-traditional methods, not traditional methods?
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay,
2: yes, like, like social media.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay well, uh, well, I tell you you're absolutely right, Jared. I mean, our conversation here <laughs> is an example of the <laughs> of the power of social media um yeah when I just mentioned about starting a blog not having a marketing budget. social media and a blog um comprised a hundred percent of a marketing budget um which mm. which of course zero because you don't really have to spend in terms of capital on it. What you do have to spend is a lot of time on it um yeah and yeah our the, the conversation that we're having is a, a result a direct result of having that on twitter and and now we're having our first live conversation it's fantastic <laughs> I, I you know i like to, I like to share a little um a, a little story um when i first when I first started up maybe a year into um what I was doing you know i you know i you follow i'd follow some attorneys i made some relationships and there's on a Saturday I was just getting up to go to brunch um and you know and just from my bed i was on my iphone um and just checking Twitter. Don't tell anyone. That. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and, uh, and there was there was a there was a, a message, um, a reply to me, like a mention on Twitter saying, um, from an attorney had asked, "Who's that CLE guy? I need some help." Um, <laughs> and an attorney who knew me um, just from Twitter said, "Oh, you may be talking about Tim Barron," and mm-hmm. and 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 copied me on that on that Twitter conversation, and I contacted the guy. Um, we exchanged. Two quick emails, and before I went to brunch, I had a client. You know, and and that was that was directly a, a result of Twitter. And you know, on Twitter, it, you don't just go and you know do a bunch of you know, tweet a bunch of links, or um, you need to you need to sort of build relationships. You need to engage a little bit. I mean, it's not only an engagement platform; it can also be a broadcast um, medium. And people don't like to hear that, but you know that's that's the reality of it. So it so you broadcast like meaningful links that you think would be helpful to your to your followers and you, it's also a a a place for you to to project more or or I should say to market um and to expand the views on your blog. So you do a blog post, you you put it out on Twitter and all of a sudden it spikes. So so Twitter is great. You know, Facebook um fe- putting up a Facebook page is useful. Um I put up a Facebook page and and it's it's provided a, a bit of a community for mm-hmm. um for for C L E and so there more there's a bit more conversation on there. Creating a link, link LinkedIn group is also another useful tool. Um yeah. because then, then the folks that discover you and that target you um are gonna be lawyers. I mean LinkedIn is it's like where the professionals hang out. So mm-hmm. um so that's another so LinkedIn group, um Twitter account and Facebook page. Those are three things I do recommend. But Twitter, start with Twitter; it's the easiest thing to do.
1: Yep, great. Now, so let's flip it around a little bit. Now, let's talk about some non-traditional methods for marketing yourself. Is it still good to go out there and go and glad hand at the bar associations? Does stuff like that uh, uh,
2: Oh, uh, absolutely. Um, I, you know, as, as meaningful as all of this is, and, I, and and I tell you, I I believe that when people say, "Oh, relationships are not as meaningful that you create online," I I, I take issue with that. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it really is, but. In terms of expanding networks there's i mean nothing beats being at a conference
1: you know it
2: it could be a bar association, it could be a trade association. I tell you i I was a member of the aclia it's Association of Continuing Legal education Association yep. for years um when I was at the law firm and then when and I never went to one of their their um their conferences and I thought what <laughs> how useful is this organization? Not very. And then, and then, when I became an entrepreneur, I went to my first conference, and I understood why they were so useful. Because it, the, the relationships I gained there, just from meeting people who I knew, I knew via Twitter or who I'd known um, through um, other other mediums uh, when I was at the law firm, all of a sudden I met them in person. And every uh, every subsequent uh, conference that I went to, and uh, that the ACLIA put on. They asked me to speak at just from meeting them there. Um and so it's a great way to meet people. It's a great way to build relationships. Now we actually look forward to the next, the next meeting and we, we chat amongst ourselves of so what we're gonna do, go do karaoke or whatever. But it's, but it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a way of building really meaningful relationships and you get, you get to speak there, you get to network and, and network with Bar Association executives that, that, that you may be able to like, um Eventually, after you form a relationship, say, "Look, you know, I'm an expert in this. You may, you guys may want uh, me to come in and speak there." So, so yeah, go bar associations, trade associations, definitely go check out their conferences. It's a little expensive. It's not as cheap as Twitter, but um, but it's it's definitely useful. So keep that. Definitely keep both going.
1: Yeah, becoming an entrepreneur changed your mind about some things, huh?
2: <laughs> oh, oh, it changed my mind about a lot of things. It it, 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 it I tell you, Jared, it made me realize how. Very difficult it is, you know. People say, mm-hmm. I just read an article the other day about entrepreneurship is not for everyone. I think it was in the U.S. News and World Report, and mm-hmm. it's just a really spot-on article. And um, you know, I'm still, I'm still like juggling, you know, working for someone and 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 figuring out entrepreneurship, <laughs> and, even, even after three years. So it's, um, yeah. but but it's it's something that if you're passionate about, you will never regret it. So.
1: Great. Uh, good good stuff here, Tim. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more about entrepreneurship with respect to putting together CLE programming in a moment. But right now, we've got to pause for a short break. Uh, when we come back, we'll have more great stuff with Tim Barron. And now, a word from our sponsors, Clio and Carbonite Business.
0: Backing up your business files can be a hassle, and it's hard to know if you're doing it right. That's why more law offices are using Carbonite Business Online Backup. With Carbonite Business, your files are backed up automatically and continually. They're stored safely off-site, and each employee can access their backed-up files privately on any computer or on their smartphone or iPad. Try it free at Carbonite.com and get two free months with offer code TOOLKIT. That's Carbonite.com, offer code TOOLKIT. Hi, my name is Kay Kenny from Legal Talk Network, and I'm joined by Jack Newton, president of Clio. Jack is going to talk to us about the role of security in cloud computing. Jack, what about security? Are there any ethical or security-related concerns that need to be addressed with cloud computing? We're starting to see
2: the first ethics opinions come out on cloud computing, and the early proposed ethics opinions like that from the North Carolina State Bar indicate that there are no ethical issues relating to the use of cloud computing
0: in a law firm, but that, as with the use of any third-party provider, an appropriate amount of due diligence needs to be undertaken to verify that the provider you're using has implemented an adequate
2: level of security and privacy precautions and is essentially taking due care with your
0: confidential client data. We've been talking to Jack Newton, president of Clio. Thank you so much, Jack. Thank you. And if you'd like to get more information on Cleo, feel free to visit www.goCleo.com. That's G-O-C-L-I-O.com. You can advertise with us at Legal Talk Network and have your own commercial playing in this podcast. Just give us a call anytime at 781-551- 9960 or shoot us an email at admin at legal We're glad you're listening to legal talk network. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn too.
1: All right. Welcome back to the second half of what is turning out to be another just super fantastic episode of the Legal Toolkit on the Legal Talk Network. Today, I'm joined by Tim Barron, principal of Barron CLE and community manager at Rocket Matter. Uh, so, Tim, let's jump back into it here. Uh, is it effective for attorneys to put on their own CLE programming until they start to book regular appearances for CLE providers?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh you know, as a, as a um, one of the ways that attorneys can market their practice, not just speaking at um, at seminars, but by putting on their own webinars, for instance. Uh, webinars are really a useful tool. Uh, so, if you it, let's say you have a, um, a a practice area of trademarks and copyrights, and um, and and you're blogging about it and you're on Twitter, put on a webinar. It's it, it, in terms of of lead generations. Um, webinars are is one of the more useful tools. So, and mm-hmm. so you put on a webinar, hone your skills around that, and then think, okay, well, how can I attract a wider audience of attorneys? Um, how can I attract a wider audience of possible clients? And and these attorneys could not just be colleagues, but they could be, let's say, um, in-house counsel to corporations that you may want that that, that you could offer your services to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the next step would be, okay. In three of these states, uh you know, I'm putting on this webinar web from Massachusetts, but of course, Massachusetts doesn't have a mandate. It's one of the five states that don't have a mandatory CLE. But let's thank say, God. A few- <laughs> yeah, thank God, right, Jared. <laughs> uh, but let's say a few of the adjoining states, or are, are, are based on your past experience, um, m- many of your registrants come from New York and Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Then you know that they, the two of them, the two of those states have mandatory CLE. Um, you say, okay, let- how about if I get this webinar accredited, um, and then tell attorneys who are coming to, to view it that they'll be able to earn an hour of CLE. That is that. So you're using in, in effect there. You're using CLE accreditation as a marketing tool, and that yeah. I mean that's been proven from a lot of my, a lot of clients of mine um, have gone out and they've seen a, a spike in their attendance. So. Um, so yeah, put on webinars. Get it CLE accredited. Um, you know, go. go um, law firms are always looking for uh for attorneys to speak in house. So mm-hmm. can you imagine if you go and speak in house at a law firm, and um, thirty of their uh, attorneys come and hear you speak, uh then that it's really advantageous to the law firm because all of a sudden that's thirty hours of CLE. That's say you put on a two hour two hour course, sixty hours of CLE that their attorneys are getting for free basically. Um yep. Yep. and uh so so yeah, so hone your hone your skills before approaching a bar association. You know, the the and the ways to do that, as we talked about, are um, just a, a quick recap is you're going you going via social media, via blogging, um uh, by going to conferences, and now putting on your own webinars.
1: Yep, uh, great options there. So uh, let's talk a little bit about beyond the bar association. You talked a little bit about the ACLEA, you talked a little bit about trade associations. So um, before approaching bar associations or in lieu of approaching bar associations, where else can attorneys go to sort of try and get speaking engagements in the interim? Um
2: well you know, I tell you, uh I, I, we touched on a few already, which were which are yeah. trade associations and, and mm-hmm. law firms. Um but just as a as a sort of a segue into exactly how um, lawyers can approach bar associations, it's yep. it's a, the same. I would say they can use the same tactics, um, or the same effort, or the same um, um, uh, w- way of approaching folks. Um, and and i would sort of cover both uh, at the same time. So if so, if you want to approach a bar association or any association, a trade association, a law firm, the the, mm-hmm. the simplest thing is. To just, just to email them, right? So you would email a CLE organization. Um and most CLE organizations, uh, bar associations, wherever, they have, they have what's called a curriculum director. So look for mm-hmm. that. Um, or the attorney who tends to handle the seminars. And especially in your area of practice. Because as you know, bar associations, they have, uh, they're divided into a lot of different uh, areas of practice and you can join yep. uh, different committees and stuff. So look for your area of practice. You know, so, email them you have to be proactive about this email them include a brief bio um, maybe a resume and a, a description of a topic you like to you'd like to cover if you email them and say oh i'd like to speak for you, you you will never hear from them right um just just be very specific about what you want to speak on yeah. Put a link to your blog, or maybe to specific posts about what you've written about it. Um, maybe a link to the webinar that you'd put on about it. Once they see that, and another thing too, in, in Twitter, one of the things that people do—I know I've done this before—is um, they go to see. Okay, you know, people say follow, the number of followers does matter, and I agree to a certain extent. It depends on how those the kind of followers you have, and and and. And how you got it, <laughs> but um yep. but people do go some 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 folks want to hire you because they know that you have a presence and that it will um, make their program um more successful by by getting more people to come and take it and pay for it. Um, mm-hmm. So if they see that you have that marketing capacity already established on your blog and on your social media outlets and stuff like that, it sort of enhances the, the possibility of you getting hired to speak there now that, um, that's great and, advice and and another another um uh, uh, avenue to go to Jared is online providers online c l e providers um it's i tell you online online CLE providers are always looking for for speakers uh, now, one of the things that you should be aware of most just about all of the online providers they even though they're looking for speakers and they would like to, to have some majors major players. They don't pay you. <laughs> um, I mean, but I would say that they, they, it is a little secret. They don't pay you for the most part. If you establish your, if you establish yourself as an expert in a in a in a um in a field, and you have a lot of a lot of the, you know, the, the marketing power behind you, you can you can um negotiate always ask. You know, you, I mean, they can say no. This is we don't do that. But always ask. You might be surprised. Um, and mm-hmm. and make a case for being paid, and they will and. And it's quite possible that they will um, they will give you a stipend or make an arrangement um, to sh- for revenue share with you. Um, mm-hmm. So that's for online. Now, for if go, to go back to uh, the bar associations, mm-hmm. if you bar associations, when you, once you establish yourself, they will pay you. Um, n- n- not all of them do, and they they don't pay them for all of the all of the stuff that you do. But if you this is what I'm saying, if you establish yourself in a specific area. And you do it consistently and you show that you're a draw. They, they will pay you. So can you imagine all of the bar associations around, around the country? And, and, and there are a few core presenters right now that I know that, that hop from bar association to bar association and make a, a splendid living from it. I would say most people don't, but they do. Yep. But, but you're not looking necessarily for that. You're looking for it as a way to expand your, um, your reach so that your practice and to invite other clients into your practice. So um so yeah there's a lot of different ways um but definitely bar association online CLE.
1: Yeah, and you can make money doing it, so can't be that, right?
2: Well, that's the thing, you know. So here we are, right? We're trying we're tr- we're trying to to market our our um our practice um by using CLE, not just by presenting by, perhaps by getting accreditation and all that stuff. And in the process, we can actually be paid. Not only don't, don't we have to pay for that um, marketing, mm. we could get paid for it. Now, that's the that, best kind of marketing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Without a doubt. And and all this sounds particularly important for solo and small firm attorneys, oh, right? It, because they sort of yeah. have to make their own marketing way.
2: Absolutely. Jared, it's so important. You know, in today's change, like I remember for, for the longest while I was at the law firm, to hit your head against the wall because you're like, wow, the, the business of law is not. We're so slothful in the in the way we go about change. I remember just being so frustrated when I wanted something and I thought, you know, oh, this would be the greatest idea, but no, but no, the practices were the same. So I couldn't. I could just imagine for attorneys, and now attorneys are being laid off over the last few years, and yeah. you know what? Those those jobs have disappeared. They're not going back to it, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So. So there, people, I mean, attorneys are hanging out shingles right out of law school. And, um, and, and that must be so scary and so difficult. And mm-hmm. so they, after a while, they need, they, they, often that solo and small firm becomes a crowded field. And you're like, okay, how do I market? So these are ways. I mean, and CLE, the, the thing that, that with CLE is that you have to do it anyway. Um, so if you can find a way to, to satisfy you, you're, you're just out of law school, you have tons of debt. You're hanging out a shingle, and then all of a sudden someone says, you have to, you have to complete 24 hours of credit over the next two years. <laughs> and you're like, you know, we're, I don't even have money to pay, like, you know, to make the shingle to hang out here, you know? <laughs> um, so, well. so speaking will, you know, will not only allow, get you it for free, but it will also provide um, an opportunity for you to
1: market it. Great stuff here, Tim. Um, and on that note, we've come to the end of this episode of The Legal Toolkit. Uh, remember that you can check out all of our shows at LegalTalkNetwork.com. Uh, my special thanks today goes to Tim Barron uh, for taking the time to appear on the show. If you're a solo or small firm attorney and you're looking for a way to pay for your ramen noodle soup, CLE may be the way to go. Um, <laughs> Tim, if any of our listeners want to find out more about you or about Barron CLE or about Rocket Matter, how would they go about doing that?
2: Uh, you know, I have about twenty five different email addresses, but let's say <laughs> I'll I'll go with the Tim at Rocketmatter dot com. So R O C K E T M A T T E R. Tim at Rocketmatter dot com. Jared, it's been a really great pleasure chatting with you.
1: Oh, thanks. You too. And uh, uh, Tim has tons of useful information, and this is just the tip of the iceberg here. Um, uh, you can follow him on Twitter at, at Tim underscore Baron, I believe. And, yeah. uh and speaking of CLE, remember that you can get CLE credit for listening to select Legal Talk Network podcasts through the West Legal Ed Center. Now, don't forget to join us here next time when we'll have another excellent internet radio program right here at the Legal Toolkit, and we're back in two and two.
0: The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to The Legal Toolkit. You can subscribe to the RSS feed and hear Jared every month right here on The Legal Talk Network.